Hello, Dog Nation. I'm Kaylee Mansell with Connor Riley, and this is more Dog Nation NFL Combine coverage. I'm here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Connor's in the motherland of Athens. We just got the chance to watch the DBs work out. Didn't get a chance to see Brock today, but that was something we discussed yesterday on our offseason show. That was to be expected. I think the big thing that we have to open up with was 40 times. Javon clocking in at his first one, a 4-4-7, then a 4-4-8, and then Tyke starting with a 4-4-8 and coming back with a 4-4-6. Now, Javon had some faulty starts. On that second one, he stopped himself. I thought that he made the right decision. Do you think that a 4-4-7 and a 4-4-8 was a good time for Javon to have? I think those are great times for Javon. I think especially when you look at some of the other safeties that he's competing against. Uh, it's not a particularly strong safety class, but w- when Cam Kitchens runs a 4-6-5, when James Williams runs a 4-6-5, uh, Kalen Bullock out of USC ran a 4-5-1. For Javon to come out there and run a 4-4-7, 4-4-8, run a sub-4-5, I think that's a great time for him. Doesn't do broad jump, doesn't do vertical jump there. But for a guy who competing to be, you know, potentially a second round pick, more likely a third round pick, to run a sub four five forty, I think is huge for him in terms of what he's going to be able to do and where he might ultimately end up being drafted. Yeah, and Tyke Smith really impressed us. He they asked him yesterday in his podium time, "Hey, what do you think you're going to run?" He said, "You guys are just going to have to wait and see." And wait and see is exactly what we did. Came in at a four four six. When you look at the ticker at the bottom of the coverage, it had Javon Bowler as the number three safety and Tyke as the number five safety. Where do these guys end up falling based on their performance, Connor? Yeah, that's a great, great time for Tyke Smith. I, I did not expect him to go sub four five. So for him to go four four six. Uh, fifth fastest among all safeties. Javon Bullard, sixth fastest among all safeties there as the times are now official. Uh, I, I think with Tyke again, you know, not great laterally. And so I, I think that's maybe why he's seen more as a solid day three pick, but someone who fifth round, maybe even up in the fourth round there as a guy that could go in and play the nickel at the next level. Uh, I, I know there were some at the senior bowl. You were down there that wanted to see him play more safety. And that might be something we see him develop more at the NFL level, uh, Tyke Smith is at his best when he's moving forward. And, and so I think Tyke is a guy who you know may not have the upside that Javon Bullard has. There's a reason Javon was starting safety for Georgia this past season and Tyke was working out of the star. But I think for him, this has been a great combine for him. Uh, there were some questions about his athleticism coming into this event, and he's answered just about all of those. So you back that up with the fact that he led Georgia in tackles last year, had a team-high four interceptions. Uh, the tape now matches up with some of the athletic testing numbers, and I think a lot of teams are going to be interested when he goes through drills again at Georgia's Pro Day. That way they can get a more hands-on look at him as he completes drills here in Indianapolis. But of the Georgia players that have worked out and gone through the combine so far, uh, of the five, I think Tyke Smith is easily the biggest winner of the bunch just simply by what his expectations were coming in and how he has gone out, competed, and performed. If there's one thing I've done this entire combine, it has been to keep my eyes and ears open because with so many NFL scouts and important people in the room, you never know what you're going to hear. Um, it's no question that the Falcons really haven't drafted a lot of UGA guys in the past, but there was some chit-chat in the room today that if the Falcons were going to take a Georgia player, it would be Javon Bullard. How good of a fit would that be for them? I think Javon is going to be a coveted guy, not just by the Falcons, obviously, but I think the Philadelphia Eagles 
our team to really monitor dumb. there as well. Just given another Philly Bulldog, uh, they've had, I think, five players drafted in the last two NFL drafts. And I'll be interested in seeing how much higher that number climbs. But you look at what the Eagles' issues were this past season. I think Javon is a guy that fills a lot of those questions at safety, has been a relatively durable player that doesn't have some of the injury concerns that some of the other guys that the Eagles have taken of late have had to go through there. So I think Javon is going to be a very coveted player, a guy that can do a lot of different things. I don't know if he's the true center field type safety there that, you know, Malachi Starks, who at this event next year, uh, you know, I know there were some people wondering about what Malachi might run at this event. Malachi Starks is going to be in the Brock Bowers boat of he's so good. He's not going to need to test at this event. And he, in my opinion, would be the number one safety in this class and will certainly be the number one safety in next year's class. But back to the topic at hand here, uh, you know, I, I think what the Falcons need specifically on the defensive side of the ball, you know, uh, there's talk of them going after another cornerback. Uh, we'll see what they do at eight and if they maybe move there. So I'll be really, really interested in seeing, you know, Raheem Morris came out and was very complimentary of the Georgia program, very complimentary of Kirby Smart this week when he spoke on Tuesday. We'll see if his actions follow up with the words there, not just his actions, obviously Terry Fontenot, the general manager for the Falcons there as well. But there are a lot of Georgia players that I think fit the needs that the Falcons have, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. So we'll see if those words sort of match up with the actions because Tyke Smith and Javon Bullard certainly looked like NFL players when they performed today at the NFL Combine. I think it's interesting that you bring up the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe it was Kirk Herbstreet who was on air today and was talking about Javon and Tyke and said one of these guys is going to look really great in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform. How much would we love to see that? Uh, you know, look, they had six Eagles on that t- or six former Bulldogs on that team last year. We'll see how much higher it can climb. I will note there were some people over the course of the year pushing back on, well, don't just draft the Georgia defense, go draft other players, given the way that the Philadelphia Eagles season unfolded. But I don't think you can put that on some of the young players like Nolan Smith, who didn't play a huge role for this team, Jalen Carter, who was a defensive rookie of the year finalist. So I'm really excited to sort of see what the Eagles do and if they continue with this bit of drafting uh, Georgia players. So all-around strong performances from Javon Bullard and Tyke Smith. Let's get to our other defensive back. Kamari Laster worked out but opted out of the 40-yard dash. What do you think went into that decision, and do we think that's going to help or hurt him in the long run? I think it's probably something that keeps him from getting hurt in the long run there. Uh, 40-yard dash for cornerback is incredibly important. I would say of all the positions other than maybe wide receiver, that long-term speed is significantly important. And you look at some of the guys that went out there and tested today, Nate, Rigg- Nate Wiggins, who is in that similar range as Kamari, you know, sort of seen as a late first round pick coming into this event, goes out and runs a 4-2-8, but ends up hurting himself in the process there. Uh, another guy that is in that sort of similar range, Ennis Rakestraw out of Missouri, runs a 4-5-4, but ends up getting hurt in the process. And that 4-5-4 is not a good time. That's not where you want to be as a cornerback. You want to be in that sub 4-5 range. And so I think for Kamari, he made a calculated decision of saying, you know, if I'm not going to test super well here, I I am only going to potentially hurt myself. Let's go take this to Athens, to Georgia's Pro Day, March 13th, run in a familiar spot and help myself more there than lead teams asking more questions about my long-term speed, given I think speed and lack of ball skills are the two big questions surrounding Kamari because you look at his tape, he tackles better than any cornerback in this class. He can play in lockstep, great at, uh, at tracking the ball in coverage, which not every cornerback is. 
but the long-term speed and the ball skills were the two big question marks coming in regarding Kamari. And that's now going to continue going into pro day. And, and I don't blame him for not working out because, you know, he may not have felt that he could run well. He may want to feel he wants to keep training to run his best run when uh, scouts come in Athens on March 13th. Yeah, with Kamari, I think you said it best. The tape for, speaks for itself. And today when we got the chance to talk to Lab McConkey, he brought up the fact that in that first year, he was on scout team. He went head-to-head with a lot of good players in practice. And even when he got on the team, I said, Lad, as someone who has been on scout team, been through practices, who's the best Georgia player that you matched up with on the field? He said, it's got to be Kamari Lasseter. So when you have a guy like Lad, who's so talented, so ahead of his game, for him to say that, I mean, think about all the first rounders and everybody that Lad had to go head to head with in practice. For him to say Kamari, I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, and these guys have all matched up against each other in their time in college at Georgia. You heard Brock talk about it. He's matched up against so many first-round draft picks in his time in Athens. You know, Trayvon Walker, it seems like he keeps getting brought up at this event, which I think really helps solidify Trayvon as the number one overall pick two years ago. So, look, these guys have all gone up against each other. They're all rooting for each other. After Javon ran, Kamari was the first person over to chat with him and talk him up. So you're not surprised to see Georgia Bulldogs supporting Georgia Bulldogs in that regard and wanting to see these guys continue to do well because they all went through so much together in their time at Athens. So overall, a solid performance from all of our DBs here in Indianapolis. But let's talk about the big one. Brock Bowers said it yesterday, still wasn't sure. We kind of assumed that that was a guarantee that he wasn't going to participate in drills today, but he did participate in the measurements, came in at over 6'3". I feel like this is huge because that's kind of been what seems to have been the negative buzz in the room is what is Brock really going to measure in that he could be on the shorter side, but came in at over 6'3 today. How huge is that? I, not not to keep making the size pun there, but I, I think part of this stems from, you know, when when Brock would line up next to Darnell Washington, people would sort of be like, oh, he's, he's not quite as big as Darnell Washington. Darnell Washington is like a top 1% athlete in terms of size, and there's a reason why he's in the NFL right now, and a large reason is because of his sheer size. It's 6'7", was playing at 280 pounds in his time at Georgia. So – for Brock to go in there, measure at 6'3", 243 pounds, similar measurables to first round to a first-round tight end last year in Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Uh, Sam Laporta was, I believe, the second overall tight end taken last year and had a great first season with the Detroit Lions. Similar measurables there. And, and no disrespect to those two guys who had major impacts for playoff teams this past season in the NFL. Brock was a better college player than both of those guys were. So you, you see the size. Those questions get answered there. As far as not working out today, there was just nothing for him I think he can really do to help his stock. He's already so clearly the best tight end in this class, and he's going to be a first-round pick. And I think a lot of it just comes down to what kind of an appetite a team might have to have a difference maker there at the tight end position. There's been some interesting you know, numbers that have been put out there on how tight ends and specifically having an elite tight end impacts your winning percentage. I think a lot of that is tied in like the second contract because you look at what you have to pay a wide receiver compared to what you have to play, pay a tight end. And so to have that kind of option for a quarterback, uh, it'll be interesting to see if anyone bites on that. I think the lack of success that Kyle Pitts has had in Atlanta maybe hurts Brock a little bit in those regards, even though that is no fault of Kyle Pitts's. I think even you listen to the comments made by Raheem Morris this week, that sort of leans into that idea. So, you know, again, Chargers at five, I think are the first realistic slot for Brock to end up at. But I also think regardless, he could have gone out there and ran a 4-2 today. 
and he still might not have gone in the first round. And I, I will go to my grave believing, A, he is the best player to ever play for Georgia to this point in time. You know, there could be someone better that comes along. You better be careful uh, And B, that. that he is without a doubt one of the, you know, six, seven best players in this draft. And regardless of where he goes and regardless of what he runs, what he did in college so thoroughly answers any questions anyone could have about him. So that'll wrap up our recap of today's performances. Tomorrow is going to be quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs. So we'll get the opportunity to see Lad McConkey, Marcus Rosemey, Jack St. Kendall Milton, Dejon Edwards. Who are you most interested in keeping an eye on? It's got to be Lad McConkey tomorrow. Uh, I, I hope we actually get to see him run and test uh, specifically, not just in the 40, though, obviously that's going to garner the most attention. What he does in the three cone and the shuttle drill, the sort of change in direction drills, I think are going to be really important for him. And, and sort of like Kamara, we talked about, you know, potentially a first round guy. It's a very deep wide receiver class. And, and so how Lad goes about separating himself tomorrow, I think is going to go a long way, you know, for as much talent as Kirby Smart has produced. Uh, he's now currently had, I believe, 15 first round draft picks since he became Georgia's head coach. In that same time span, he has 14 losses. But for all that success, he still has yet to produce a first-round wide receiver. And so I think Ladd has a great chance at being that. And if he goes out tomorrow and tests incredibly well, which I expect him to do, and I think you do as well, I think that's going to go a long way in helping him. You know, I know you love your North Georgia guys. He's from out there in Chatsworth. I think a big day from Ladd McConkey would be very welcome by the Georgia football program. Yeah, I thought it was funny. They asked him this morning how North Murray and his hometown felt about him, if they thought that, that he would eventually uh, get a statue in front of the school, and he talked about how cool that would be, but still wasn't sure. Now, I do want to focus on the running backs. Uh, Dejon Edwards today, I know you dog on me because he's a South Georgia guy and I have a North Georgia bias. I mean, shocked me today. Saw so much personality out of him. Told us that he listened to gospel music in his pregame, and I, I feel like that – really reflects the kind of character that he is super quiet, but also super focused. Now, Kendall Milton was the interesting one. Kendall Milton was the last one to hit the podium, was 30 minutes late because they held him for medical reasons, wanted to look at the hamstring and then wanted to look at something in his elbow that he fractured when he was in eighth grade, I believe. So late to the podium. What are we expecting to see from Kendall Milton tomorrow? I think Kendall's actually going to test decently well, given the athleticism, the makeup, what you've seen from him in the past. Uh, he's a guy that I think, you know, again, I think both Dejan and Kendall maybe have more upside as pass catchers than they had a chance to show at Georgia. And obviously, you know, the success of Kenny McIntosh the previous year prevented some of that. Those guys are going to need to test well or do something well and show that they have an identifiable trait that will get them drafted. Because these are guys, unlike some of the guys we've already talked about tonight, aren't slam dunks to be draft picks. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Dejan, again, not a superstar athlete, just a good, reliable running back. And, and I think some team is just going to, grind the tape and watch it and see, wait a minute, this guy can just play and he's just a football player. I know testing is what it is, uh, you know, not the most vocal player, but he is just a, a running back's running back. And as far as Kendall, look, you touched on it right there, Kaylee. He's, you know, the medical concerns are going to be an issue for him. And some team is going to watch him and take a flyer on him. He could, you know, be in the sixth or seventh round. He could possibly be an undrafted free agent. It wouldn't surprise me if he, if he breaks out and we're all trying to pick him up in fantasy next year. It also wouldn't unfortunately surprise me if he does pick up another injury, as that has been the case time and time again in his, at his career at Georgia. I think if you go back and watch Kendall, specifically the last six, seven games in his career at Georgia where he was really the healthiest, he absolutely looks like an NFL running back. And so I expect him to show that tomorrow at the NFL Combine. But those two guys are going to need to show one thing in particular to impress one NFL team to make sure that they get drafted.
All right, Connor. So to end it, I want to get a hot take from you. Early prediction here. Oh, God, my thoughts on Indianapolis. <laughs> okay, I'll make this. I'll make this brief. It's very flat. So flat. You can see out for miles. Blew my mind. Sunset here. Absolutely gorgeous. It is freezing. I'm not built for the cold. Uh, I don't plan on staying in the state of Georgia, you know, for the years to come. But I know I've crossed too far when they don't cancel school for snow anymore. Um, food scene here, amazing. Uh, I really have enjoyed the city. It has definitely taken me by surprise. I could see why winning a national championship here would be awesome. And then, of course, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium is is surreal, so big. And I feel like the ambient, the ambiance, that's where I'm looking Ambience, there you go. Yeah, I know, right? Big words. Thanks, Connie, rubbing off on me. Um, I really like the town. As of right now, I'm going to give it a solid seven and a half out of 10, which is really high for my ranking. So uh, Indianapolis definitely exceeded expectations. And for those of you that did not know, I drove here. I did not fly. Am I my rookie season? I drove here and um, it was a gorgeous drive. So happy to be in Indianapolis. But we're going to get Connor's last hot take. 11 dogs. How many get drafted, Connor? We'll go with the uh, St. Elmo's cocktail sauce hot take of the day. I will say that of the 11 Bulldogs in Indianapolis for the combine, I will say 10 uh, end up getting drafted. I will, I will, I will unfortunately not say all 11, uh, the Homer, the, the Homer out there would love to see that. It'd be great for content. Uh, but I think Georgia gets 10 once again. All right. Well, we're going to hold you to that on the Connor confidence scale. Connor, thank you for joining me on this Friday night tomorrow. Lad McConkey, Marcus Roseby, Jack Sate. Kendall Milton, Dejon Edwards will work out, and then Sunday we'll finally get to see Amarius Mims and Cedric Van Pran. Dog Nation, thank you so much for joining us. You can check out all of our player interviews and stand-ups from Mike and I on our YouTube channel. So go check those out, and then go ahead and go get your spot ready. It's going to be a good day at the NFL Combine tomorrow. Thanks.